If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. is a mess. Get your ass in here. Come on in. Welcome to Fly on the Wallin' Podcast, the show where we talk about dating, parenting woes, and recording it all for the world to see. I'm your neighborhood-friendly black girl, Amber. I'm Ben. Hey. Hey, Ben. How are you today? Man, I'm like nerding out right now. I I saw. Yeah, there's there's like a video game company next to us that does design, and I ran into one of the game developers of Jedi Fallen Order, and I was like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. You know, this was like the first video game I started playing after I had a kid, so we talked for a little bit. I remember, because I was thinking, where's Ben? We're about to start the show. What's well, you he know, doing? We, we had a connection, <laughs> so I made a funny, so I was getting a stroller for the, the person babysitting Wild uh, in the Spotify area. And so he he's like, where's the baby? And I was like, wait, what? The baby's not here. And so we, I made a funny little dad bit. joke. Dad joke. Heavy on a dad joke. And he joke. was carrying all these books. I was like, oh, I love Jedi Fallen Order. And it was signed by all the game developers. He had That's a, cool. a beautiful like art book. Uh, and I almost robbed him right there. He, he looked pretty. <laughs> he was older. He was like an older game designer, like in his 50s. And I was like, I'm, I can take him. Yeah, it's funny because so Ben meets this person. He starts fangirling over this person. And then. And, you know, I'm in here like, where is Ben? So then Ben comes back in here and starts talking to another one of the producers here about how much he loved that interaction. And in that interaction, I learned that apparently me playing, if if you've been listening to the show for a while, Ben, a couple weeks ago, bought me a Nintendo Switch as a gift. Yeah. Whatever. Horrible gift, especially considering me. But I have been playing Mario Kart. Right. I've been playing Nintendo Switch. And then I hear Ben shit talking and saying, like, well, that's not real games. That's like no. that's like games you play with your girl. But those aren't real games. So I'm like, no, what, he said at that. At what point? Yeah. Well, you co-signed it. Yeah, I did co-sign you co-signed it. it. I said it's an entertainment system. There's a difference between entertainment system and video gaming. Uh-huh. Nintendo Switch, okay. when you play a go-kart. You are you're playing an entertainment system that is not a video game. If you play Zelda on the Nintendo Switch, that's video gaming. There's a difference. Do you understand? No, it's a, it's a controller in your hand and it takes up all your time. It's a video game. Well, we can we can agree to to, to differ. How are you doing emotionally after realizing that um, you're not really playing video games? Uh oh. I've been fine. I feel like my emotions have been pretty good. Yeah, even it's yesterday yeah. we had a what were we arguing about? We were arguing about something. I can't even remember it. We were arguing about something, and Ben and I have been doing this new thing where we'll be arguing, and nobody wants to win anymore. Like, like mid mid, the- mid yelling, we'll be like, you know what? what a, you know, I don't even want to fight for real. Like, let's just, <laughs> it's like we take the, yeah. the costumes off and we're like, let's just say what we actually mean so we can like get past this. Whereas right. like we used to be like, nah, nah, he said this, like, let's go. Yeah. It, the situation revolved around you asking my opinion on something that you thought was completed. And I gave my opinion, which was critical without celebrating the work that you already had done. I was like, I worked so hard to get this done this weekend. What do you think? You're like, this is deceptive. I'm like, yeah, I thought. So. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. And then she's like, you're calling me deceptive. I was like, I wasn't calling you deceptive. I feel like 
some of the things that you were pitching, we were putting together a pitch deck, and I feel like we needed to clarify some information because it could be deceptive based on what you were doing. I think I was showcasing you, my ab- strongest absolutely. numbers and putting my best self forward absolutely. like everybody does when sure. they pitch themselves. Sure, absolutely. Anyway, it devolved into like, you don't, <laughs> like I said this and you're like, you don't believe in me. And I was like, I thought I was just critiquing your pitch deck. I didn't know this had to do. Uh, I was like, you need to believe. It's because you called me deceptive. And I'm like, so, you, called, don't, so you don't believe in the dream. I called I asked your you to work. Criti- I called what you were presenting slightly deceptive. Well, you, you almost attacked my character in that moment That's, because I am my brand and my business. So if you're yeah. saying like this thing that you put together to make yourself look good is deceptive it makes me I'm like oh you don't think I'm this good like no I do I I think we needed to clarify some information yeah we did and we did and then and then afterwards I said hey can we just dance naked in the kitchen yeah so we took off all our clothes <laughs> and we closed most windows <laughs> we closed most, our, bl- our actually our blinds don't close the best so yeah. people if they wanted to peek they could have peeked if they wanted to see two bellies touching in was, the kitchen yeah yeah I, I guess the bellies were touching not the chest because the bellies stick out farther than the chest oh yeah our I, bellies yeah. were getting it on not, yeah there. our bellies and nothing else was touching it was just bellies <laughs> our legs weren't even touching and you know I'm spinning her, I'm dipping her, and we were listening to her. Uh, yeah, we're just letting her play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, play repeat. I like we so just repeat. we just kept on dancing around in the kitchen. So when next time any friends come over, if you listen to this, know that we've been naked in that kitchen dancing. Yeah. And that, that's all that happened. Nothing happened. Nothing, else <laughs> no, no, nothing further happened. Anyway, uh, the first segment of our show is hashtag influenced, where we talk a little bit about our lives on the internet. Sometimes we're giving influencer tips. Sometimes we're criti- critiquing things that we see on the internet. And here's what I've been seeing on my timeline a lot. I'll see someone, obviously I know because we make a lot of content, I know what it looks like when a creator is posting something to bait people, to bait people in a debate. I've done it, you know, not a big debate. I'll say, I'll say my, deba- mm. my, my baits have been pretty low stakes, but it is so easy to go somewhere and be like, essentially my big thesis would be like, are you an Amber or are you a Ben in this situation? Which drives engagement because people are like, I'm an Amber, so I hate when a Ben does this or I'm totally a Ben. What is Amber talking about? Like, it would be something as simple as, uh, I don't know. All right, when when you go to the movies, are you an Amber or Ben? Are you or sitting like front row many, or are you sitting in the back? Or or, or, or how many towels should you have in a house? Oh, yes. So, yeah, that's a real example. We did a funny video where I think you need at least like five towels and Amber's like, no, we need 30. And at one and point, we had about 30 towels. towels. Or whatever. We had yeah. 30 towels, so I ended up ripping up a bunch of them, making cloths, and using those instead of paper towels, you know, holding down on waste, yes. cutting down on waste, I should say. So that would be a perfect example. That's like a great very, example. Thank you, you know, for very that. Very low stakes. Low stakes. Are you an Funny. Amber or a Ben? You got a house full yeah. of towels, or you, you're a minimalist? Great. And so we see creators do this all the time. They're like, let's talk about these recent events and they'll talk about it. What confuses me is when people post something air quote controversial or air quote like pick a side and then they don't want you to engage with it. I'm Mm. kind of like, okay, so why would you give this really hot take and then turn off your comments? Like, like, like stand, stand down in your bullshit. Yeah. Like stand 10 toes down. So give, what give we're specifically the, uh, talking the, about this week, give, uh, um, I guess this dips into the parenting segment as well. This is not spicy, spicy tea. So in the parenting community, obviously there is a huge internet sensation on YouTube. Her name is Miss Rachel. She is like the third parent in our home. She's commented on our videos before. Yes, she has. She Mul- makes great. I think multiple ones too. She makes great kids videos, like teach them how to talk, shapes, colors. It's joyful. Our kids can't shut up at dinner. Put on Miss Rachel. Da-da-da-da. She's, she's ba- like any other YouTube or children's mogul that there's been from Barney to Sesame Street to Mr. Rogers, whatever. So the age old debate all the time is should your kids be watching this? Yes or no. So this woman and and we'll tag this uh, video in the comments. This woman posts this video and she she didn't even do anything that outrageous. Like the video is literally just her saying like, should you be letting your 12 month old watch Miss Rachel? My answer. And then she opens her hand and it says no. As it to be clear, she is a professionally trained speech pathologist. Right. And so she is saying as a speech pathologist, I would not recommend 
anybody watching Miss Rachel specifically. And yes. And she, she left this no. huge comment section. The problem is then, I, I think she was getting so much flack from the, the parenting community out there because everybody know we ride, we die for Miss Rachel, right? The, and part of the like, reason... She's like, I didn't say anything specifically about her. I'm talking about YouTube as a whole. It's like, but you did say her name. Yeah, you, you, you said... You called the dogs and now you mad the dogs are at your house. You said it specifically because you know Miss Rachel is popular and that was going to get you views. You use Rach for clout and then turned off your and comments then, and your DMs. Like, yeah. what? which one is she it? She wasn't ready for that. And she kept How saying, can you not be ready for coming for like the biggest YouTube child star there is People right now. don't know. They just don't know. So Miss Rachel is so unique in the sense that she provides information that is very healthy for parents as well. So yes. there's all these little taglines in her videos for those who are not seeing seen it before saying like your kid should be doing uh this by this time with a little you know uh time stamp yeah so it's nine not months just, or 12 months or something like that so, so it's, it's not just entertaining it is very informational it, she's also teaching parents, sign language yeah. for parents and for kids too yeah yeah for for uh kids as well and so <laughs> this creator obviously is just doing this for clout but then is not ready for the smoke Right. You know what I mean? And I feel like as a creator, you just have to double down. Like if you if you make a statement, double down and make it funny or Right. Double or, down and make it funny. Or in uh the, she made this whole list of comments saying that all the research suggests that kids should not be watching TV, any sort of TV, any sort of television, whether it's Miss Rachel, Barney. In my case, I've been watching the New Castlevania show <laughs> with Wild. I'll get into that later. And and kids shouldn't be watching any of that because it lowers cognitive skills. It lowers their um, their when they can speak. Uh, all these there's all these negative effects that watching uh, television as a child can have, and that's true. And whether it's Miss Rachel, that is a that is a fact that ha- has lots of data to show. And then there's some. And I get the whole like that- watching it all day, but if 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 my kids watching Miss Rachel as I'm getting dressed to go to the next yeah. event, like. Sorry, I, is, it, is it ideal? No, but is it sometimes necessary? Yes. Not everyone can be a stay-at-home speech pathologist, right? Like that's so unrealistic, <laughs> right? Yeah, not not to you know hate on the speech pathologist, but she made herself a target. So like you, you, I, my annoy. The thing that I find so frustrating is like you're on TikTok. You're you're putting your kid on TikTok. You're you're making you're trying to make money off of this. Right, eventually, that's, yes. Yeah, that's You're trying the to get point. more clients. Yeah. That's the point. So stop pretending as if you have my best interest uh, in mind. Like you, you, you put Miss Rachel's name in your mouth because you know that would get <laughs> you followers. So stop Period. trying to be like an educator. Like, fuck stop. you. Oh, Go fuck okay. yourself. Nah, I didn't say all that. No, no. I think, you know, Miss Rachel would never say it, but I'm going to say it for Miss Rachel. This person's a fucking clown. <laughs> I'm just saying, well, I don't, I don't even mind someone being anti-Miss Rachel. Just keep your comment section open. Oh, yeah. Keep it open. Like, oh, yeah. Like, you hate if people If you're going to be comment. a thug, I, yeah, I really, I, I don't mind people closing the comment section. I've definitely closed a comment section on like a COVID debate that was happening in my DMs. But I wasn't even trying to have a COVID debate. I was just trying to say like, y'all, sadly, I got COVID. Like, take care of yourselves oh, out you, there. Oh, you closed the whole comment section. Yes, because people were like, that's what you get for getting the virus in you. Like, I wasn't trying to make a stance on the virus versus not, you know, you, you remember this was when tensions were high. I, I was just trying to share, like, I'm going through it. If you see me sniffling on my story, it's because it's because your, your good sis got COVID. Take care of yourself. So you're not even following your own advice. You should also. Well, I, keep... I wasn't looking for no smoke, though. I was just trying to share, like, this is what's going on with this my health. This person was also not looking for yes, smoke. Yes, they were. They no, said, they do I think your 12 month old should be doing this? No. Yeah, I mean, they were trying to make a funny video. But if you were looking for smoke, you would have been like, in our house, we don't watch any YouTube, but here's some things we do instead. That's not looking for smoke. Looking for smoke is putting Miss Rachel's name in your mouth. I think people sometimes get smoke without even looking for it. No, I agree with that. Things. Are you kidding? People, that, but that I don't think this the creator, the speech pathologist, had no idea. She had no idea what she was getting into. There's right. like, Miss Rachel is more popular than Beyonce. Yeah, like she has like 196 million views <laughs> I, I, on videos. Yeah, like, I, you I exaggerate known. with the Beyonce thing, but she she's comparable with Beyonce's videos uh, as far as YouTube. Yeah. Like the, you will see Beyonce video, um, music videos that are similar as far as views yes, to views. Miss Rachel's. And, and the music is very good. Like yeah, I think her husband's like great. a composer. Like yeah. she's doing great work and all she does is show like representation in her videos. So I'm sick of people yeah, coming she, from my she dog. She got smoke because she has like a genderqueer uh, person who does music for her. 
And, it, and literally, genderqueer is never, ever mentioned. Yeah. At it's all. not like it's like so many rainbows yeah. in those clips. Like, it's just her playing. Like, it's just them playing B I N G O. Like, zero rainbows. Literally. So I'm sick of these parents. I, I just hate these. Uh, and I guess we can like slowly segue into imperfect parent. I hate these like holier than thou people on the internet. Like, I really do. Like, what you could have done. You know what I'm else? I'm sort of like that. Sometimes. Well, you know, listen to your listen to my advice right now. This is what I don't like, and this is something that they taught us in teaching, right? When we, you and I both used to teach high school, middle school, da 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 da. So the best thing that you can do if you want to teach your students classroom management, for example, is to show examples of how to do it. Mm-hmm. And what a lot of people like to do is show non-examples. Right. So when you are a speech pathologist. And you get online saying, my advice, don't show your kid this. It's like, okay, give us three examples of what the fuck we should be doing. Because, right. like, you're, you're not, you're, so your whole practice right so, now is showing non-examples. No, and so, so when you, when you gonna, show kids, no, 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 because with, with, with high school, for example, when you walk in and say, students, here are three things y'all shouldn't do. One, don't sag your pants. Two, don't come to my classroom late. Three, don't try to sharpen your pencils in my class. My pencil sharpener is not community yeah. use. Okay, so what do you want us to do? It's, it's a positive language. All right, so I'm going to stand up for this speech pathologist who I was just cussing out a second ago. So, yeah, and the I, one you said, the big fuck you to. I ended yeah. up watching a bunch of her videos just to have more context. And most of her videos are all the things you should do. Like how how much you should be reading to your kid, certain uh, language practices. She basically talks all of it is very positive. Best practices for teaching your kid how to read. Best practices for teaching your kid how to speak. But unfortunately, so why wouldn't she in video, that video? Sh- why wouldn't she in that video show the non-example and then show the example? I know because she wanted to go viral. Because she wanted to go viral. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know her exact intention, but you just don't come for Miss Rachel, and, and, then, and then you don't turn <laughs> off your comments. I, I chose the side. I, I think you should not ever turn off your comments. I didn't know that you turned off your comments. With um, the whole... Just that one, because there was like just like mass misinformation that was starting to become a part of that comment section about like the COVID vaccine, about, you know, I what what holistic things I should have done instead. And I was just like, I'm, I don't even want people to maybe see this. Yeah. I, whenever you turn off, turn off your comment section, just for anybody who wants to be an influencer, you immediately cut off engagement. And engagement is like super critical in, in building your platform. Uh, but in this case... I could have just archived a, that post Amber, as well. I'll, maybe I'll go back and archive it. Yeah. In, in Amber's case, uh, turning off comments, I guess, made sense considering the misinformation that, yeah. that was being given. But honestly, all comment sections are misinformation if you're going to a oh, comment facts. section Heart to facts. ever get in information. So, uh, yeah, what, so okay, what, wait, wait. So Back to, let's go to parenting. Yeah, yeah, what's the parenting segment in Perfect Parent? Can I, can I say something? Yeah, sorry. Back to hashtag influence for just a second. So you're of the opinion that if you are like a, a creator that does a lot of like big stuff mm-hmm. for... For like, you should just keep all your comment sections. You on. should just never read your comment section and just keep them on. You can never read it, but if you're seeing people in there being violent, being racist, like it's like I'm not gonna. Well, what will happen is that you can screenshot that and use that or for, report for, those for, specific ones. Yeah, report yeah. those specific ones. But also, it's a nice, it's evidence. A comment section is evidence, yeah. and for it's an audience. People's, yeah, I mean, they get to do that. Whatever. It, yeah. And it, if you can't stomach it, like, sure, turn it off. But just know that you are cutting off um, potential, like, virality and engagement that helps yeah. you build your platform. So I've only done it the once because I was just like, ivermectin, get the fuck out of here. Like, like, you know, everybody, everybody going to fuck home was how I felt about it. Okay, I'm sorry. Imperfect Parent. So we watched uh, Poltergeist last night. Or, well, it watched me until a couple other scenes because um, we're wrapping up spooky season. So we watch Ben. Ben is huge on like showing all the classic horror shows. Yeah, we gotta. We try to watch once. I'm trying to watch something scary once a day. Yeah, got it. Uh, d- well, you were trying to for the the month of October. Question: You we have here on it because this is the imperfect parent segment. We have here on it something about how you showed Poltergeist at your school as a teacher. Uh- <laughs> 
What what was the fallout of that? G- give me why you thought that was a good idea and what you learned. Yeah, so Poltergeist is rated PG and it was Halloween time and I thought it is was it? A fr- What? Is it? Poltergeist? Yeah, Poltergeist is PG. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you yeah, off. Yeah, Poltergeist is PG because it was made 1982 and at that point they didn't really they didn't uh, they didn't have the PG-13. Um, rating, I believe it was PG or R. Okay. And so Poltergeist is PG, and at my school, you could only show things without uh, a parent approval that was PG and under. And you knew this was kind of like a loophole. And I knew this, absolutely this was a loophole. So I believe that fear is a good thing to practice. I believe that kids should be fearful. Of, of something at some point in a safe setting. A school a school classroom is a safe setting. I don't know about that. <laughs> and so I, I presented the uh, These film days, I don't know if a school classroom is a safe setting, but To, but to try things. It should be safe to an extent. So I presented the film and I said, hey, this is about a family. It's about a haunting. A poltergeist is a new vocabulary word. It's simply a, a ghost or spirit that's haunting a specific place and they move things. So it, it was vocabulary. I gave them handouts. It was going to be a whole thing. For poltergeist. For poltergeist. Hell yeah. I'm a cool ass teacher. And it was also Halloween t- at this point. Kids wanted to watch something scary. And I said, this is perfect. And oh, poltergeist? Yeah. You are tripping. You're and, supposed to, you're supposed to well, like cast with a fairly so, ghost. Or so stuff. one of the cool things about this film, it shows the terror that can happen in a suburb. And how suburbs are built on for, you know, stolen land. And mm-hmm. so I think this was a really great teaching experience. And it w- they were sixth graders. So, you know, 11, <laughs> oh 12 God. years old. I was scared watching it last day. You're such So I, I started to play this film and the kids get, there's a group of kids that are so terrified. Oh, that, Benjamin. That they open up a different classroom and go and watch a different film. So and how many kids had to go to the separate room? I mean, I think they have I, to I room think I had, we so we pushed all the tables out so we combined uh, the two sixth grade classrooms together. So we had about 60 students in, in my room watching the film. And I had a cool room. There was like, you know, a couch, bean bags and stuff. And so they were able to spread out. And uh, I think about 20, 20 kids left. 20, 20 kids. 20, How many kids were in the room? You said 30? Yeah, but 60. So a third left. But some of those people. Wait, left. How are 60 kids in the room? Because we combined it, like I said, we combined the two sixth grade classrooms for the special event. It was and around. Who, so who was the other teacher in there? Was was that other teacher like we probably she's shouldn't like, show we this? Shouldn't, yeah, she a hundred percent told me we shouldn't show this. And you and you did what you want to do was, anyway. I mean, she was like twenty years older than me, so I thought she was just being twenty years older than me. So you weren't listening. Hell you no. you were fully just being an arrogant young teacher. You said I'm gonna yeah, do what I, I want to do. I wanted to scare some of my students in a safe way. Listen, you have to understand. Twenty kids left. That I was, I was into being a progressive teacher, trying different things out. You know, doing special events. You Oof. know, bringing a peregrine falcon into my room. You got in trouble for that I, too. I did for reading, the falcon. Reading a stu- uh, one of my science classes, we read. Um, uh, this book sells uh, cells at work. I believe it was the name of it. Like C-E-L-S? it was a manga. Yeah, it was a manga about the human body, and so you have these oh. manga action characters. Okay, so I, I was always that makes into, sense because you were a science teacher. Yeah, but Poltergeist was well. Poltergeist was field. just, uh, and they were going to count it as an English class because I taught science and math, and the other teacher taught English and social studies. So I was like, oh, let's just combine the two. We'll use it as an easy. English grade, you know? Oh, my God. Did you hear from any parents when you did this? No, of course not. Did you check your email? I, yeah. Because I know how your email inbox is. Listen. So you probably didn't hear from no parents because you didn't check your email. Listen, I think it's important. I did what mattered. And uh, it didn't pay off, so. Wow. So 20 kids left. Of the 40 that stayed, and y'all, did y'all finish the movie? Uh, we did, yeah. But, so did they say like, "I really appreciated that you showed us a yeah, scary movie." Like, this was this was awesome. This was so cool. And um, there are some really really scary. Yeah, scenes. they're very scary. Well, well, yeah. Okay, so you've been on a kick where you've also been showing wild a little bit of uh, Castlevania, I which includes watch. gore and violence, beheadings, disembowelment, impalements, and eye gouging. <laughs> what's what's the issue? 
the issue is, and I want to also, I want to also remind listeners or inform listeners rather that last night, so Ben goes on this bender. He finishes Poltergeist. I don't. I, I, I'm, I, I'm sort I of nodding it. off. I stopped it for you. Oh, and I remember- lucky me. I sort of started nodding off and things like that. Uh, so I go upstairs. And in the middle, like, I wake up early in the morning to take Gucci out, and our bedroom door is locked. Like, I'm locked in from the inside, which is fine, because I can unlock it. I'm like, why is our bedroom door locked? And why is that? Why was our door locked? I've been watching a lot of slasher films. I rewatched a home invasion film called Your Next. It's really good. People should watch it. So I thought if someone were to invade our home, they would have to break down our door if it's locked. So I've been going to sleep locking our door. Listen, I don't want to buy a gun. So there are things I'm trying to do instead of buying a gun, Mm -hmm. like locking your door. This is this is free advice. You know, there's that whole TikTok video uh, where you put a bat, a sock on a bat. So if you swing at someone, they take the sock instead of the bat. So they grab. Oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah, it's um. It became like a whole thing because a black creator made this, and then a white little white girl made it and didn't reference the black creator, but then also people who are saying this is a very common defense that's Yeah, been so she didn't for, have to credit her. Yeah. yeah, and so it became like this whole debate. Uh, and those are things you can do. So I lock my door, my bedroom door at night before I go to sleep. But that's only been since you've been watching the scary movie Yeah, I've been, I've been a little scared. Okay, so when, when we get, when Wild gets older, uh-huh. If she's watching scary movies with you, yeah, I want you. I want it to be known on this podcast right now. You are gonna deal with the fallout of that. I'm not dealing with no. I had a nightmare. I'm you. A hundred percent are dealing with that. Well, nightmares are indicative of a creative mind. You and used so to you, have night terrors I as did. a child. I would though. run around the room and look at me now. You still locking doors, and who had to deal with those night terrors? My parents, but honestly, and it's gonna be. Wild, so wild, if Wild is ever asked who had to deal with the night terrors, she's going to say, my dad. That's going to be the answer. I, I accept that responsibility because the payout is increased imagination. The payout, like we've talked about before, is that f- the fear in this closed setting allows the kid to address and to discern what is real fear, what is fake fear. I hear you. You know... Those of you who are watching this on YouTube, I would love for you to chime in in the comment section about if, if you do have kids, do you let your very young children watch scary movies? I, that's what I want to hear. Do the, you let your very young kids watch gore, watch violence, watch horror? Because it just depends on the kids. It doesn't. Yeah, but it doesn't affect them. It scares them, Ben. But that could be a good thing. There's lots of scary things in the world. Fear does affect people. Yeah, but it could be a good thing. So does happiness. Happy. We don't stop people from being happy. Well, happy is a different emotion. Right. You're, so you you're... should experience all emotions. I do think you should experience all emotions. Right. But giving my child nightmares that will probably just inconvenience me is not something that I'm interested in doing. I will ask her and I'll say, like, this is what this film is about. It, it's going to have a couple of scary points. Mommy is scared, too. Would you like to see it? Yeah. And she says, no, I'm I'm not doing it. Whereas you're kind of like, well, just try it. I, I know how you are because you do that with me. Just 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 give it a try. Yeah. And if she can't handle it, she doesn't want to do it. She doesn't have to. Got you. Yeah. She can exit anytime. Great. You want to talk about relationships? Yeah. Heck Yeah. Do you? Uh, Amber always gives me really great inspirational relationship advice. Uh, go for it. What, what did you tell what, me? What did I tell you? You said um, it's like breaking, something about breaking. Oh. <laughs> I, I just, I felt really, what, what was it again? I think I said this week, I was like, you don't have to break up with him. Just break him. Yeah. Whatever that means to you. Sometimes breaking him. Is better and more effective like than that breaking because up. Because I like to be cracked and bent. <laughs> Let me you advocating for violence. No, I'm advocating. I break Emotional. his bank. It, it, it could be it, it could be a bunch of different things. Break him. Yeah. Break him financially. So what I'm hearing is that you're not going to break up with me, which is so reassuring. No, I don't have time to break up with you. Yeah, but you have time to break. <laughs> I me like you emotionally. Still, I still kind of like you. We I did snake it with you. Uh, I will say before we get to the relationship segment. And I know one general question that we get all the time is like, Amber, I'm single. How can I put myself out there better or whatever? And I'm going to say this. I'm not going to name names, obviously. But I went to dinner with someone last night um, who was more of a colleague, I would say. And she was just giving me 
what she does as a single gal or even even this past week I was playing on a friend of mine's Tinder page and uh, this guy that she didn't think was attractive I was like give this guy a chance like he's kind of cute he's got some cool experience she's like okay fine I swipe with this guy and I immediately start talking to this guy. And then at one point, my friend's like, Amber, you got this man falling in love with me. Like, what is going on here? And I think because on the apps right now, you know, we met on the apps like way back in the day. So that's like ethically questionable, but continue on. Yeah. Like, oh, like me ghostwriting for my friend. Yeah. People do that all the time. On, on Tinder? People do that all the time. They I let mean, their people, friends see their accounts. People taxes all the time doesn't mean that it's ethically well, I can I can teach people right. my tactics, which right. I'm is what I'm about to do. I'll tell you this one time. But if you make someone I, fall in love with you, but they're going on the date with the other person, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean that's like every Disney Channel movie plot, and it ended up working out at the end. Let me tell you this: one time, I had a friend in Chicago. I'm gonna get back to the other story in a second. I had a friend in Chicago, and she created a profile on Hinge. Okay, and the profile was cute, but I saw a couple pictures in her Rolodex of pictures, and I was like, girl. Mm-mm. No, ma'am, Pam. Like, mm. this is showing, you know, this is showing that you're boring. So let me just, I was like, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick four pictures because you because you hit the street, you get you gave them seven. That's too many options. I'm going to pick four of your best photos. And I took one in the studio because we were at the yoga studio at the time. I took one in the studio that showed her butt a little bit. And it was like this really fierce yoga pose. So she puts these new pictures on. She starts swiping. That night, she meets some guy. They go on a date. She got pregnant with his baby like four or five months later. And they have three kids now because I changed the photos. You get bitches on her pregnant. Hinge. I get bitches pregnant. I get bitches house, housing. I get bitches housing. I get bitches, uh, you know, assets. I get bitches. Would the you ever be a need. matchmaker? Oh, I could totally be a matchmaker. Are, are there like matchmakers that are not Indian? Yes, Ben. There's okay. Jewish matchmaking. Oh yeah. Jew- oh yeah. The Jewish matchmaking. Like culture. There's the million Indian. dollar matchmaking. Like if I there's just, a I just ideological know the Indian matchmaking show that you always show me, and I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah, I, I got. Like, culturally, I got that's like a pr- the very appropriate. I got what you say. I got what you say. I there. Well, especially if there's like a specialized culture, like you said, like Indian yeah. culture or Jewish culture, or like you could be a black, I'm a millionaire. You could be an African American matchmaker. I'm a really good matchmaker. Going back to my friend the other night. Here, if you're out there right now and you're on these dating profiles and you want to skip past the like, what are you doing? Hey, you know, those boring pleasantries that we all have to deal with when first talking to somebody. I didn't have to deal with that with you. Hence why you're sitting in front of me today. What you need to do. They, t- they teach us this in improv. You need to start in the middle of the scene. OK, start in the middle of the scene. Uh, we learned that like level one improv. Yes. For example, you would never start an improv. You shouldn't. You should never start an improv scene like welcome to camp counselors. Don't don't start at the top. Because because the audience is like, oh, I get it. They're at a camp. You're a counselor. Let them no. figure it out. Let them figure it, it out. Gives them a little power. Start in the middle of like, Brian, you left your knapsack again. God damn it. Like, it's yes. like, okay, so you're yelling at a kid that's probably named Brian. And there's start in the middle mm-hmm. of the scene. They'll catch up. They'll catch up. Know your up. audience is smart. Yeah. No, f- like, trust that your audience is smart and know that they'll catch up. So what I did with my friend, the guy said, the guy texted her, hey. It was a Saturday. The guy texted her, hey. Super exciting, right? And I texted him back like, yep, had a super lazy Saturday today. Are you a morning person or are you typically sleeping on the weekends? Just just start. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't say, hey, hey, what are you doing? Saying, what am I doing? Fuck the pleasantries. Fuck the pleasantries. Well, just jump right in. Because if, because no if you, if you respond it. back something like, had a super relaxing Saturday, do you typically sleep in in the morning or do you uh, wake up early? I gave you, I gave you a lot there i gave you like i had a relaxing day so you can ask about how i relaxed my day or you can respond to me what kind of saturday you had or then i'm learning real time that if we were maybe one day to like get together would we be sleeping in on the weekend or would we waking up early and hitting the farmer's market i gave you a lot to work with there so if you start in the middle of the scene i think you'll 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 skip the monotonous like well, what are you up to? What do you do for work? It's like, who cares? Yeah, who no fucking, fucking cares? cares? You talked about that last night. I think we were talking about like, stop, like, stop asking people what they do for work. Just start right in the middle of the scene. And yeah. I was telling my friend that last night at dinner. I was like, let me see these intro level conversations that you're having with these guys. I'm like, this is a paragraph of, hey, hey, what'd you do today? What'd you do today? Where do you work? Where do I work? Who fucking cares? Or also, the way I got 
Amber caught is that I looked at her pictures and I saw that she was in Spain. So I was like, oh, I see that you like to travel. I I enjoy travel. Where where was that picture taken? She yeah. Like, oh, Spain. or where's the next trip? Can we oh, do yeah. it together? Just jump oh, right sick. in. I've never been, but I have been to Romania. I've been to Eastern Europe. So we talk about Eastern and Western Europe. Right. And so now, uh, listen. When you're on a dating profile, use what's given to you. Use what's Reference given to, to you. Yeah. That's why I had to change like my friends' books. pictures. Because now I'm like, you are at the fucking yoga studio every day. Where's the yoga pic? Where's yeah, show the yoga Now pic. he can ask about the yoga and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like, let, like, use the pictures to drive the combo and start in the middle of the scene. And don't be afraid to, too. Because I feel like a lot of people are like, I don't know what to say to this you person. Should, Just jump in. You should make a whole video, just a quick summary of how to create a great online dating profile i should that i think you would i should make over somebody's dating profile oh my god i just haven't been on the apps in forever so i would i don't even like i mean it's the same old yeah i I, I know how to talk to people so it's the same old thing but even even with you baby like i feel like we were talking on the app for like a day and maybe and maybe i'm just reckless and shit but but i think i met up with you like two days after i was like i'm not about to be talking on this app with you all night like i'm going to the dog park you want to come or yeah we were vibing and also like i'm I know how to talk. I know how to spit game. Yeah. Whereas I was like, girl, how long have you been talking to this man on this app? She's like, like two weeks. I'm like, two weeks. No, that's a waste of time. A waste of time. A waste of time. People can hide themselves really well online. So get that one date over. Get her out of here. And then move on. Right. Move on. Yeah. So we got some. We got got some. some, Yeah. Start in the middle of the scene. If you didn't get anything out of that rambles, start in the middle of the scene. If you try to bag these niggas okay well niggas racially racially uh, that that racially uh that 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 catches everybody no i'm just saying i'm not just talking about black guys talking about Mm -hmm. black guys obviously too but you know letter number one this is for the i do's and don'ts of relationship advice letter number one my partner has been struggling mentally due to clinical depression and severe anxiety i worry about how best to support him when he's already deeply distressed. It has taken a major toll on my mental health and my initial response to him was to infuse positivity, which quickly became toxic, so I had to check myself and create uh, and simply create space for him to vent. Can't really respond. Things became very centered on his fatigue and sadness and I felt I was unable to share amazing things happening in my life. We barely spend time outside of our apartments and while I recognize that finances and distance, long distance, are factors, I also enjoy the intimacy of walking in nature and repeatedly asking for this until he finally gave in and made sure to demonstrate my appreciation. I asked my mom how to honor him in this relationship and myself without hurting me. And on a FaceTime call, on a later FaceTime call, she, basically he could hear this conversation. She hinted to conversations we had had about him. He felt crushed, betrayed. I later set boundaries with my mom, but now I fear that he can never forgive me for talking about him. How do we grow from here? All right. So there's two big things happening here. I need to be very clear that like a lot of people share things with their mom. <laughs> what and, you talking about, man? And it's like, just first of all, don't take that shit personally, right? To the, to the man in her life, yeah. Especially if the mom. Well, the the nice thing is, I know your mom is going to get my back. So even if you yes. bitch about me to your mom, which yes. you a hundred percent do, of course, she's going to give you some contacts because yes. y- y- she knows, like, you sort of lucked out with me. Excuse me. <laughs> Did you, did you not hear me? How I be spitting game to people out here? Right, yeah, but like you have short game. I got long game. We'll talk after this. Keep going. So yeah, I, it sucks about that. But the whole um, let's let's go piece by piece. So this you have someone you're dating someone with mental illness issues. Right. My thing is that if someone's got a broken arm, and you're not a doctor, like you can't set that broken arm. So it's not your responsibility to help this person get over their mental mental illness. Maybe be aware and don't make it worse, but this person needs to go get professional help if they're struggling with this. Mm-hmm. The same way that you don't try to set someone's like fucked up arm. That's number Great one. Great analogy. Mm-hmm. Number one. Uh, number two, um, glad you set boundaries with your mom, but if your mom is someone who is wise, a mentor to you, you're losing out on advice from her. Mm-hmm. And so you just got to be more sneaky about it. Yes. Put put the headphones in when you talk. 
<laughs> like so he could could yeah, exactly. hear that. Yeah, I don't think it is wrong for you. Uh, and 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 by the way, y'all know every single week, week we keep all letters anonymous. I don't think we ever mention names. So, you know, I hope you found safety in this. But I don't think it's wrong, listener, that you have confided in your mom. I really don't because it feels to me like your partner is not somebody you can confide in because the whole relationship, as, as you were saying, is kind of centered around him and his emotions yeah. and his fatigue. And now that is spilling over onto you. I want to ask, what is he bringing to the table? Because you're really supporting him with all of his emotions. But I would have just straight up like if that was you. If, if you were all in your fatigue and all your emotions and then you got mad that I can find it by mom. I would straight up say like, you know what? I need an outlet because you're, you're a lot. In. Yeah, you're, you're not the outlet. Yeah, I, I, it is. It is difficult to deal with all of your emotions. And every so time I, have to I tell my mama, and every time I bring up something with you, you you say that. Well, you know, I'm fatigued. You give this reason, which is might be a valid reason, but you to emotionally save yourself, you do need someone to talk to. And if your mom you is someone. a trusted, you know, confident, you know, that you shouldn't lose that. I agree. I don't think it's wrong. Like, obviously, maybe don't air out all y'all's laundry, mm. but just share with him. Like, now, if I would have came to you with this issue, what would that conversation have gone like? Because every time we try to have a conversation, it becomes all about you and your emotions and your mm. needs. And I don't feel heard in this relationship. Yeah. And I feel like there are times when I've came to you and been like, well, why didn't you just tell me? And you're like, this is why. Yep. This is why I didn't tell you, because this is how you're reacting. And then obviously later when I sit with myself, I'm like, it totally makes sense why he didn't share this information with me because I'm hysterical and dramatic. Yeah. Do you think I should just break up? I mean. She said there's there's restraints on finances. There's restraints on long distance. The relationship is centered around him. She can't even infuse po- positivity because that became toxic for him. So many red flags. I mean, It's a I, lot of work. You asked the question that she should probably ask, which is what is he bringing to the table? Yeah. If it's like, if you got to put up with all this, please tell me if it's nothing a rose can't fix like the toy, the toy. Well, the, the rose can fix it because they're, they're long distance. And then his finances ain't even all the way in line. Maybe hence the like lack of therapist and like the resources to get help. But yeah, I just like, is the juice worth the squeeze is what we, we hearken back to ready for letter number two. Yeah. I I often think when I, yeah, it, oh, there could be a fear of loneliness, you know, fear, the fear of loneliness has a way of making us look and push aside all the red flags because we're so fearful of being lonely, you yeah. know, but here's the thing. I've had this realization that when you die, most people are going to get over you. Actually, probably everyone's going to get over you, Okay, babe. you know, and like, the, I guess the reason I'm saying that is that there's this fear that you're going to be left alone. But ultimately, everyone gets left alone at the end of the day. But we all find a way to move forward. So if you're fearful of being alone, it, just know that sometimes it's better to be alone than to be stressed. You know? Yeah, we can't let that fear of loneliness trump our fear of being mistreated yeah. or something like that. Like. Like, I would rather be lonely than mistreated. And it, fa- it feels like in a lot of cases, like people would rather be mistreated than lonely. Yeah. Which is really sad. But I, I think ultimately you'll be happier. I think yes. for most people, they think that loneliness is the greatest fear or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, that. But, you know, we're we all tend to move on and get over things. Right. As time goes on. As time goes on. And then you can curb some of that loneliness, again, by leaning on our family, in this case, leaning on close friends. But I would would rather, you know, be desperate and putting myself out there at speed dating events and bars and stuff like that and, you know, hotel lobbies and the weekend of an Afrotech convention. I'd rather be putting those things out there and being, air quote, thirsty then just deal with somebody who is just kind of half-assing it. Me personally. Yeah. It's like I'd rather be thirsty instead of like quench, quenching my thirst with urine. And if, and if, wow. the, yeah, right? <laughs> right? Like, yeah. I'd, yeah, there are some things I'd rather yes. not drink. I'd rather be thirsty. I'd rather be thirsty. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so. That is so you. I love that for you. You ready for letter number two? Yeah. This is an interesting one. 
I think. I'm, I'm, I say that because I'm curious to see what you'll say. Uh, Dear Fly on the Wallen, my boyfriend asked me to marry him after a really beautiful and emotional night sitting in bed. Not how he or me planned on asking, but it just felt right. He hasn't gotten a ring and money has been tight. And I'm in grad school and we are trying for a baby sooner than we planned due to medical reasons I recently discovered. Hold on, baby. (laughs) When, When do we announce or tell the family that we're engaged? He feels some type of way because he wants to wait for a ring. But I think it's because he's worried about what people will say about our financial situation, particularly his parents who have helped us a lot financially. Uh, Not too long ago. And he's fearful of judgment about not having a ring. I'm so happy and excited that I want to tell everyone. Do you think we wait to tell everyone to announce or even wait to get in a better financial situation before we're engaged? Just what are y'all's thoughts? Yeah. Um, Okay, let's let's address one thing at a time. Yeah, let's go with the ring. You can be engaged without a ring. Agree. That's fine. I don't have my wedding ring on. That's fine. My fingers are too um, fat for it. But you gonna buy me a new one? Fifth, fifth. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how biggest like stock you put into creating a big wedding. And I know weddings are super expensive. But um, yeah, like I don't know. Like, why do you want to get married? Yes. You're in grad school. Uh, if you're in grad school, please don't have a kid. Like kids are so hard and very, very, they're very so, expensive. They're so expensive, and it's so hard to do. And you could be really badass and do it. And I understand there's medical reasons and that you want to do this. I I know that, but it's just I know. I I honestly I, I love Wild. I love having a kid with you, but I this is not the time to have a kid. In this world, <laughs> you mean because of finances or finances, just, or just chaos outside? It's the finances and also the things that kids really need to have a really healthy upbringing, which is like stable housing. And even Amber and I don't have stable housing; we we rent in uh, in LA, and so the house it's stable. It's stable. We don't own it, but it's stable. Right, but. It's not stable because that person could raise the, raise the rent anytime. That person can decide to oh, sell, sell the house anytime where the, like your parents were able to buy a house. They've been in it for, you know, over 20 years. And so that is not a reality for a lot of people. And do you remember when um, a couple of years ago, I want to say it was like Young Thug or somebody. They kind of went viral for this or maybe future. They went viral for this controversial take of like. If you broke, you shouldn't be having kids. And so obviously all the comments were like, great. So only rich people that are allowed to have kids too. Like that's unfair and things like that. That's so, it's so fucked up. But our society has literally made it that way. Mm -hmm. So it's not allowed. It's not whether you should or should not allowed. It's that the way society has been structured is that to have a kid, it costs a lot of money. Agreed. To have a kid, you need and time to pour off. into them <laughs> yeah, in, a, to pour in the way into that the, ki- the child needs but, to but sustain life. But also, we don't give like you know a time off. It's not required for businesses to give time off uh, if you work part time, even full time. You have a very limited time off, and even grad school is re- depending on your grad school. But I think grad school for a lot of people. Your brain is so focused on finishing papers, navigating the politics of the grad school, working with professors, working with lots of different people in different ways that that can be very stressful. So having a kid on top of grad school adds such a really complex layer to all this. And then if you're struggling financially and you have to deal with the drama of family, that adds another layer. And I definitely think his family would feel a way if they had to babysit every weekend because you couldn't afford childcare and... Like there, there would be some growing resentment there. So I, I, I don't think it would be fiscally responsible for y'all to because I know what I know what's happening right here. I feel like you want to get married, so then you don't like like you want to be married before you have a kid. Right. I, I, I felt that way. Yes. As well, a lot of people feel that way. Because so, of societal so, pressure. Because of societal are, pressure and just like some in, security too. Like. Sure. Yeah. Like I, I, from the last name to the assets to the like, if I'm ever on life support, I want you to be able to mm-hmm. speak for me or whatever. And so I think that 
I think that you and him getting married, like a courthouse wedding and doing yeah. something small, keep it, keep I think that's beautiful. My, it's it's my the rushing got, of the kids situation. My sister got married in secret and really tell my parents until a year afterwards. And then they had a more official wedding when they yeah, were able once to they save money. It. Right. That's yeah. beautiful. And I thought that was a smart move. And I would recommend that. This sounds like a, a situation like that. Get married at the courthouse. Yeah. You know, Get he, married. Like if you love this man and he's yeah. supportive and y'all are like each other's person, like fuck a ring like get a tattoo like do 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 it your yeah, way or or there are you can buy rings at re- really nice rings at consignment shops yeah uh, that was a recommendation that my aunt actually gave me she's like don't buy a ring new or you know mm-hmm. people she's like married people are dying my aunt is like so can you do this impression i'm gonna feed you the lines she said oh, and then do mar- it yeah you're so gonna- married people die all the time no married people are dying all the time. Like it'd be something and, like that. And, and, and they don't have they're kids. Dying, they're, they're downtrodden and they, they don't, have, they don't kids. have kids. And, and rings were cheaper the back rings then. Rings are so, so cheap. Just get something. So get something from off. a consignment shop. Just get shop. a consignment shop. Yeah. yeah you don't, you need, could, a you don't ring. need a brand new ring <laughs> from a, a jewelry. Ring from a jewel. He doesn't even love you that much. Just get a ring from a jewel. <laughs> like she would do something like she, that. Yeah. So she's really funny. Um, and that was really great advice. And I. Yeah. Uh, we we went. Is that where my ring is coming from? On on the uh, I told you I want a new ring for our fifth wedding yeah, anniversary. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll help even, you out. With if me. it's pretty, I don't care if it's from a consignment shop. I really don't. Just make sure it's pretty. Right, and the just thing make is, sure it's you a black diamond. Old, you know, I don't like no white diamond. Old old rings. Yeah. Well, yeah, it might be harder to find a black diamond from like eighty years ago. But yeah, find find a ring that's out. a grandma, a great grandma, or someone else's great. Yeah, maybe if there's a family grandma. stone. Yeah. I don't mind. I, I think y'all getting married. Here's the thing. And this kind of harkens back to what we were talking about at the top of the show with like getting smoke. If you show up and announce your engagement, people are going to look for a ring. If you don't have a ring, people are going to clown you. You need to mentally get over just being clowned. Yeah. Like make an announcement like we ain't got no money right now. So he ain't got no ring, but we get married. Who? I'll take questions now. Like just just double down on that. Because if you think like people aren't going to talk shit about your financial situation, they are going to. Mm-hmm. They just are like that. So if you can mentally get over that which I think you can like just just be bold and like whatever like we don't want to do that that's, we want to save great money advice. Listen to you her. know like because yeah. people are going to talk shit like I you, wish you can't I wish you we can't, got married without a ring now so then um, I could just I mean, we could the, like yeah, if, if you really wanted to save that money like I know I talk a lot of shit but if you really want to save that money and not do a ring I probably would have take I, I probably would crap myself to sleep but i would have at the at the failure you i would be like you know me and ben we don't believe in material things like i, I would find a way to like sell like oh we don't believe in like western society and rings yeah. and so that's how we're we both carry the rings yeah, yeah in our mind and hearts yeah like after ben and i did some like really serious research on blood diamonds like we decided like that is not the route we wanted to go oh i would totally lie i would totally be fraudulent and pretend and then i'll be like and who's talking about my man and I, i'm ringless but but he here with me every night you got a and ring and your man running the streets like, like yeah yeah, yeah exactly. oh yeah you know like, you know like, like sis okay. it's like sis just say you're broke if you're broke yeah yeah and we broke who who needs diamonds when you got onion rings who needs like i, I would just be a complete oh, yeah. idiot yeah yeah that's a I think you should do that Who too. Who needs diamonds when you got onion rings? <laughs> Episode name? Yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> Who needs All right, so we're going to uh, talk about the last segment, Shelfie. We watched Poltergeist, and Amber's just going to share that she fell asleep. And when she woke up, <laughs> share the scene that you woke up to. I swear to God, yeah. And, and, and maybe you haven't seen this before, but it was like, have you ever had like sushi, like a tuna belly? Or a pork belly, just bits of tuna sushi. I woke up to the one scene where this guy's face was like basically melting off, and then in the sink it looked like bits of tuna belly, and I and that was when I was like, good night. Yeah, that's what she was upstairs. like. Uh, let's or- order sugarfish. No, no, no. I, I wasn't ordering no sushi. I was like, my stomach hurt looking at these skeletons. The the little girl who played in Poultry Guys, she was eating that. Yeah, she she killed that shit. She so. The film, the premise is that she gets sucked into a TV, and Amber right. and I were just watching this thinking, She's creepy. Like, man, what if Wilde got sucked into a TV, and we had to stay in this house? Oh, I would jump in that TV so motherfucking yeah. fast. Are you we, kidding we, me? We would 100% go into it. And you know what the film did really well that both you know surprised us is that 
the reality of the parents and how they approached each other and also their relationship. Uh, it's a very realistic, like loving, love real, like so middle much. age relationship, you know? And I, like, for example, they're, I think there's like smoking in bed. I think they're smoking weed in bed. I, I think, told you that. Yeah, I think they're like, I think they're rolling cigarettes. I was like, no, they are getting high yeah, together because they're, getting... they're being funny. They're being yeah. cute. Like, you don't see suburban films like that. Like, I think the last. I, I was even I, I was getting my nails done the other day and I was watching uh, she had Rick and Morty playing in the background yeah. and you know you love Rick and Morty but I don't really watch it that much and I remember thinking like oh this husband wife couple hate each other oh, like, like hate that's each other so like that's what you much. see like all the time it, it, it didn't stand suburb, out to me yeah. so seeing this suburban couple that like were flirting and stuff I was like okay yeah and they make fun of their weight like the the guys like yeah when I used to be a diver and he's like pushing his belly in and out it's just very cute very cute and adorable and. The the film brings this groundedness, this reality, so that when you're faced with this this absurd supernatural situation, you are more sucked into it. Literally. And, uh, literally quite literally. So this was the film we watched. It was really good. We're going to finish it, and hopefully this, this <sighs> woman does not fall asleep. I will try my best, but I got to get past that sushi sit. Well, you know— Okay, so remember how we watched Barbarian a couple weeks ago? Yeah. Like the pacing of that really held yeah, that suspense, more, that more building tension. Film, yeah. And in Poltergeist, I was like, okay, they clearly see that something's in their house. Like now I just have to go through all these scenes of like proving there's something in their house. Like, whereas for us, it's like, but the audience is already ahead of you. Like, we, the audience, know something's in the house. Right. And you're going to show us cool new ways that the stakes are being heightened, but like, there's something in the house. There's. It's also funny as well. I didn't know how funny. It's funny. There's at one point the the father has been missing his job and his boss shows up, and p like a piano is being moved around the house. He's like, um, okay, boss, uh, you know, and he's like trying to hide the fact. Or at one point he has these, you know, supernatural detectives show up and they're like, you know, one time we saw a matchbox car move seven feet in seven hours, and, and the father is like, oh, okay, and then opens up his. Uh, his daughter's room and there's like things flying Fly, around. Yeah, yeah. He's like, get ready so, for so it. So they play, they play the comedy really well, which I didn't think Poltergeist was going to have this comedy. It was, it was a beautiful film. It's amazing. Everyone it's should really go watch good. it. So they should. That's it. More horror films. More in horror the films. Every well, single we'll, day. We're out of spooky season now, well, yeah, so we're probably something new. When but. this uh, episode drops, it will be the next day. Will be Dia de los Muertos. So we oh. should definitely. It's still scary. Like November. Ooh, ooh, there's a movie coming out. We're going to watch it. It's a horror film, uh, and it's a Thanksgiving horror film. Oh, yeah. that interests me. Yeah. I have not seen that yet. Yeah, and there's, like, some really fucked up scenes. So it's based on a trailer, like okay. a fake trailer that was made for a Quentin Tarantino film, like, 20 years ago. What's it called? It's called, like, Thanksgiving Day. Like okay. Thanksgiving horror. Let's look this so, up. So, yeah, we're definitely going to be watching that. There's... Like some really disturbing, like messed up scenes. Uh, I'm gonna have Amber watch the trailer, like the fake trailer that was made to go with a Grindhouse film. Oh, so, I love yeah. a fake trailer. Remember that fake, like I want to say it was like Robin Williams trailer. It was so good. Oh, the like, Patch for, Adams one. No, not the Patch Adams one. It was oh, like, no. oh yeah, he pretend like the day he hears that his friend died from a overdose. Yeah, that something scene. like that. Yeah, on like the Mork and Mindy show yeah. or something. So good. And, and Robin Williams' daughter kept on being tagged in it. She's like, please stop tagging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, She's and like, the worst uh, day of my father's, one of the worst day of my father's life. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Like, Enough tagging me. They're like, <laughs> yeah, but like, look at the color, like the, who, yeah, who, who no colored one, the film? Not, no not one colors. asked this guy to do this. He just took it upon himself yeah, yeah, to yeah. act this out. And it was really good. She, she might want to give it another watch if she's got some time. I'm just saying, you know, you, uh, there, there's, I feel like there's the human in me and then there's d the director in me. Yeah. There's the creator in me. So the creator in me is like, you got to go give that a second watch. The human in me is like, that's so fucked up. Like, why would people send you something about your, like, father who committed suicide? Like, that's crazy. And then the human in me is like, but I'm the creator. So well, you got to watch that. Well, the whole thing was that Robin Williams was hanging out with that guy the night before and they right. were doing drugs together. Right. And so Robin Williams left him. Yep. And he felt very guilty for leaving him. Yeah. So, but the the way they told the story was very powerful. Yes, it was, and worth a second watch. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Fly on the Wallin Podcast. So week after week, we will see you next week. Here's your outro music. Bye, y'all. Bye. You know they're from TikTok because those laughs.
listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube